0: Welcome back to the Adra Insider Podcast. Today, we want to highlight a theme from our 2023 Year of Justice Advancing Education. As the first month of the new school year draws to a close, many families have settled into the rhythm of the semester. And in light of that, it's worth taking some time to reflect on what the journey of education looks like in different contexts around the world. So let's take a look at how Adra advances education. Before we get into our topic for today, I would like to announce what's up and coming in regard to our Thanksgiving campaign. Maybe you've already received it in your mailbox. This focuses on food security. Please, I ask you this Thanksgiving, consider donating to ADRA Canada's various food security projects around the globe. The current statistic is 828 million who will go to bed tonight not knowing where their next meal is coming from. Hot on the heels of our Thanksgiving campaign will be our launch into our 40th year celebration. Yes, Remember, Adra is celebrating 40 years of justice, compassion, and love. We'll start on October 10 with our launch of emails that go out with bulletin inserts in there, as well as three to five minute videos that could be played between Sabbath school and church, as well as 40 countries that we ask you to pray for with us, and 40 days and ideas of how you can be active in your community. 40 years of justice, compassion, and love as we honor you, our supporters, partners, and donors. Now, with our announcements covered, I'm going to turn you over to Max, who is going to share some stories from the field that relate to how ADRA empowers people through education.
1: Hey everyone, Max here, and I wanted to share some stories and reports with you that have emerged within the last year that reflect a bit on how we advance education as a crucial part of our work at ADRA. So right into it. I want to begin with the story of a young girl named Mansoura who is from the country of Niger, and she is overcoming unique challenges in pursuit of her education. So, formerly, Mansoura had been forced to drop out of school. At the age of 14, without an education to secure her future, the only other quote-unquote viable option for her was child marriage. In her area, she would be considered of marriageable age and likely destined for a man much, much older than her. So this is where Adra enters the story with the BRIGHT project. BRIGHT stands for Breaking Barriers, Improving Girls' Education, Hope, and Totality. We are all about our acronyms here, don't ever forget it. For Mansoura, Bright became the opportunity that she really needed. She enrolled in what Bright provides that's called the Accelerated Learner Program, and that basically enabled her to catch up on the time that she had lost while not being in school. She completes her basic schooling and did so well, in fact, that she was accepted into her community's technical education college. Now 17 years old, she is working to become an electrician. Her choice is a little controversial in her community, though. Certain professional fields in her cultural context are considered reserved for men only, and of course an electrician is one of those professions. But Mansura is undaunted. Though she is the only girl in the electricity sector, she dares to brave the stares of her classmates and other boys and men in the community, and she carries on doing what she feels she needs to do. Given her non-traditional choice, it is remarkable that Mansura's parents support her decision. Their acceptance and her courage testify to the gradual change that's been taking place as far as this community's perception of gender roles. Girls like Mansura, who were once forced to abandon their dreams because of traditional expectations, can now pursue their own choices. And As far as Mansura herself is concerned, she dreams of setting up her own business through which she will meet her community's growing electricity needs. For her, The Bright Project really did revive her dreams. Now, there's another story that's emerged in the same country and also from the same project, from Bright in Niger. Again, in this context, poverty often becomes a barrier to education, forcing some children to drop out of school to work and support their families. Some girls are discouraged from attending school at all, and many boys are discouraged from taking it seriously when they actually do attend. This is all compounded by the aforementioned practice of early marriage and the additional dangers of traveling to school in a region prone to intermittent conflict. There's two 19-year-olds in this story, Abdul and Mariyama, who were kind of drifting through life without direction or ambition. Abdul told us, I dropped out of school because I wasn't understanding anything. I got discouraged and I left. I sat idle at home, doing nothing for six years. Mariyama had similar things to say. I was kicked out of school because I wasn't taking it seriously. Around the time that Mariama left school, The Bright Project came to her community and took on the task of changing the perceptions of education's value, building teachers' capacity and offering support to schools, making education more appealing to students and their families, and even offering vocational tracks for students who preferred to begin supporting themselves. So Abdul and Mariama chose the vocational track. Abdul opted for welding while Mariyama chose tailoring. Abdul said, When I heard about Bright, I saw that just sitting idle at home was not helpful at all. I found that I was actually cheating myself. I was cheating my own life. So I talked to my father about getting into Bright. Now I want to realize something of my own with what I've learned. If I could get a shop of my own, I could really accomplish a lot of things. Adra also helped him to learn how to read and write, something that he could not do before. You wonder why he might not have been taking school very seriously. Mariama told us what she learned through Adra's help that she couldn't really learn at school. She said, Through Bright, I have learned how to sew clothes, but I've also gained knowledge and the love of gaining knowledge. These have enriched and encouraged me. And so now the two of them have plans for the future and they have the skills that they need to begin pursuing those plans. When Mariyama attends sewing courses, she is paid a small amount to make clothes. She says, I will save that money that I make, and at the same time, I'm able to learn more. When I've saved enough money, I'll buy my own sewing machine and begin my own business. She adds significantly, I don't have any plans to get married soon. I want to pursue my business. Both of them, of course, expressed great gratitude to ADRA Canada for helping them achieve these goals. And I think it's worth saying that we want to extend that gratitude to our donors who make this kind of work possible. I know I myself, and I think a lot of people my age and younger, do find that time, that like transitional time coming out of high school, going into college, pursuing your education. It can be disorienting and challenging to figure out what you really want to do. And if you're facing dire circumstances that make your situation seem hopeless... It can be hard to feel like you have any sense of direction so it's really remarkable that we're able to help people who are struggling with something that is so commonplace that is so relatable but then you know stacked upon by the 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 horrors of poverty and to be able to give them a sense of direction again and a sense of self-empowerment i think that's really meaningful so i definitely resonate with so many of these stories that come in Now, we know that ADRA works in plenty more places than just in Niger, and promoting education also happens under our emergency programs, not just our development programs. So our next stop is going to be the KGS program in Thailand. KGS stands for Keep Girls Safe, and it is focused primarily on helping girls who are vulnerable to exploitation, child labor, human trafficking, those kinds of problems, helping them to avoid those things, be aware of the signs so that they don't get taken advantage of, and ultimately to encourage them to get back into their education. So, we're in Thailand now. There's a girl named Tita Aryee. I really hope I've not butchered your name. Sorry if you ever hear this. But Tita is a participant in the ADRA Thailand KGS project. Her story begins with a lot of worries about the cost of living for her and her family and all this time that she would have to spend working at a grocery shop in her local marketplace, again, in order to help make ends meet for the family. Tita has a sister, but she did not feel like it would be appropriate to bother her for support. After finding her way to the KGS program, which she considers now like a second home to her, she found opportunities to pursue her education, build her social life, and develop essential life skills. She has especially improved over the last four years in managing her time and personal finances. Perhaps most importantly, Tita was given comprehensive training by KGS in how to keep herself safe from trafficking and exploitation. With a comfortable place to sleep at night and nutritious food to eat, Tita was set up by this program on the right path to focus on academic achievement. She's recently completed her four year bachelor's degree in accounting, and Tita officially graduated this August. She is the first person in her family to achieve this level of education. Another story from the same country, Nasang Lahuna is a recent graduate from Rajabat Chiang Rai University, receiving her bachelor's in education with an emphasis in early childhood education. Having spent time at the KGS shelter in her younger days, Nasong initially struggled to adjust to life on her own in university. She explained it this way, At KGS, no matter the problems I faced, there were always staff who were more like sisters to me to assist and give me advice. And though I might not have liked it much at the time, at KGS there were regulations and guidelines for me to follow. My life changed when I had to live by myself and I became responsible for everything. However, with diligence and focus, she began to adjust to a newfound level of responsibility, taking hold of every area of her life and relying on herself to solve problems using as a basis the skills she learned from KGS. Today, she is especially thankful for Adra and our donors who help us to start her on this path towards high achievement. The thing is, though, when we talk about KGS, when we talk about the project called Keep Girls Safe, sometimes people will bristle at this and find themselves saying, like, why this emphasis on girls? And what about boys? Do boys get left behind? Here's the thing. Just as much as the name of the project that helped these young women is called Keep Girls Safe, it's worth reiterating that Adra's gender equality emphasis does not mean that boys get left behind. And this story emerged this year from KGS in Thailand as well. We had a boy named Paul, not his real name, but we'll go with Paul. He's 13 years old and he's from a Hmong family, and the youngest child after four brothers and one sister. His life has played out quite differently from the lives of his siblings though each of whom got married and began working after completing the ninth grade. The same would have been true for him had things not gone differently. Medical crises shook this family. Paul's father had begun to suffer from lymphoma while his eldest brother struggled with mental illness that had been brought on by the use of amphetamines. So their visits to the doctor became very frequent The illnesses suffered by the father and the oldest son left Paul's mother as the only person working to support the family. As the sole breadwinner, the household expenses exceeded her small income. Because of this, Paul had to begin working to support the family when he was just 11 years old. His work took him to cornfields, rubber tree plantations, and rice fields. While performing the same labor as an adult with comparable skill, he made only a fraction of the money that his mother might have earned. And this work would routinely take Paul away from school. Paul's educational journey was not entirely unsupported, though. He did have teachers at school who encouraged him to prioritize attendance and education over work. The government was already actually providing the support needed to cover tuition and give all students access to free basic education. But families would still have to buy school uniforms and supplies, which was impossible for Paul's family since... Most of their money went to transportation and medical care for his father and brother. So even with supportive teachers and subsidized education, the family could not afford to actually send their youngest son to school in uniform and equipped with the supplies to write and take notes with. They could not even provide him with a nutritious meal most of the time. So the staff of the Keep Girls Safe project had determined certain communities would receive scholarships for their school-aged children. Of course, we do these assessments where we go and see who's most vulnerable. Like Paul, too many children are vulnerable to exploitation, child labor, and even trafficking because of the living circumstances of their families. But while the KGS project has a gender-specific name, Paul is an example of how boys can also be vulnerable to these same dangers. So when the KGS staff came to one of their target communities, they met Paul. With a scholarship now in hand, Paul began attending school. Only a short five-minute walk away from home, school has given Paul new opportunities and a new way to envision his future. Not only has Paul been described as a good student, but he has also begun to explore a deep love for soccer, which his teachers have encouraged. In fact, his teachers have brought to his attention a school in Chiang Rai that actively seeks quality soccer players to recruit as students. His newfound dream of one day becoming a professional footballer has convinced him to never quit school. The prospect of pursuing sports and school simultaneously has made everything seem worthwhile and within reach, which is truly special in the life of someone who was at such a high risk of never completing his education. There was always the chance that Paul would never get these opportunities and would end up in the same boat as his older siblings, but Paul is one example of what happens when a child in bad circumstances gets just the help that they need. And this, again, is why Adra does what it does. I do want to tell you one last education-related story, and it does kind of bring home the point that the need for empowering people through learning is not something that only exists in Southeast Asia or in West Africa. This is something that exists right at home in Canada too. People need access to learning opportunities. And while ADRA is best known for large-scale disaster relief and development projects overseas, this is not all that our agency does. ADRA Canada, as the humanitarian arm of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in this country, does all kinds of work on a local and national level to address problems here at home. I'd like to talk about something that in fact is happening right here in the province of Ontario, where the ADRA Canada office is based. The New Life Seventh-day Adventist Church in Oshawa basically implemented a program called the New Life Neighborhood Centre Productivity Hub. This program provided training and support to community members who may have been disabled, elderly, or economically disadvantaged, but still wanted to become more self-sufficient. So over the course of the year, 41 people were registered for the program. In partnership with Durham College, many of these people received training in entrepreneurship, business and computer skills, finances, and health literacy, including CPR and first aid. Many of them are either starting their own businesses, finding employment, or taking the skills they've acquired and returning to school. The programs do more than just provide practical skills. They also challenge self-limiting and poverty-oriented mindsets and instill a newfound sense of hope and self-confidence in people who otherwise felt disempowered. One such person is 73-year-old Yvonne. The years have been hard on her and she has not been able to pursue her many passions, especially writing. With no immediate family living around her, Yvonne carried her life's financial burdens alone and often struggled to earn enough money to survive. After participating in New Life's program, Yvonne has adjusted her daily lifestyle. Little decisions like favoring the bus over taxis or limiting the number of meals she eats out week by week help her to save money. These kinds of mindset shifts were encouraged through the self-empowerment program. She says, I was raised with the mentality that if you don't have, then you go without. The new Life Neighborhood Center Productivity Hub helped me adjust my thinking and got me familiar with going to a food bank. So now, where she formerly would have just chosen to be hungry if she didn't have resources, she is now able to seek out help for life's necessities and not feel shame about having to do so. She goes on, They gave me guidelines, timeframes, and resources to help me reach my goals. I have become more confident in my abilities. They encouraged my writing goals, and they even got me in touch with a publishing company. I am currently working on my second book of poetry. I am physically disabled, but I do not see myself through the lens of my disability. Now, as a point of pride, this program reflects Adra's approach in many of our development projects around the world. Rather than presuming to fix people's problems for them, we focus on empowering people to lift themselves out of poverty. Whether it be our disaster relief work in Syria, or turning Sudanese women into water reservoir repair experts, serving food banks and community gardens in Newfoundland and New Brunswick, or helping the Edmonton Filipino SDA Church build gardens for indigenous communities in Alberta or the various projects happening in Ontario, ADRA seeks to make people active participants in their own restoration. And this is why advancing education is such an important emphasis for ADRA. When we give people education, when we give people learning, when we empower them with the skill of gaining more knowledge on their own, the disciplines and the habits that come with being a student, when you give that to people, you give them a renewable resource. You give them the ability to provide for themselves and you give children the opportunity to lift their own parents and the rest of their extended family out of poverty. This is the kind of thing that is dignifying and that is restorative for communities. When a kid can say like, I helped my family get out of this struggle, that is so much more meaningful than just you know someone coming from abroad and saying i rescued you i saved you i did this for you you're on the receiving end this is why we refer to people not as beneficiaries it's a bit of an outdated term but as project participants because they are participating in their own restoration in their own rescue they are the active agents and we do so much to try to respect the agency of the people we work with so that is a look at how adra advances education in multiple contexts, multiple continents, both at home and abroad.
0: With school being such a formative part of a child's journey in life, ADRA considers education to be something worth protecting and promoting. Education is ultimately one of the most important ways that people can break the cycle of poverty, And it is through education that many children can uplift their entire families. The world we live in is faced with so much uncertainty, conflict, and unexpected change. As we see tumultuous events on the horizon, one of the most important things we can do is to invest in younger generations equipping them with the skills and knowledge they need to face those challenges and to serve humanity so all may live as God intended. As always, that's our goal at ADRA Canada. Thank you so much for listening to our show today. And don't forget to follow us on social media to stay up to date with all the events and projects we have going on as we approach the end of the year. Thanks again for listening to and sharing this podcast. We'll talk to you again soon.